0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome to my Good Nanny Radio MGN Radio the best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment Thanks for tuning in Hey and welcome to our podcast today's Thursday it's 2:30 on the East Coast and 1:30 on the in Central Time um, I'm Miss Tarsi I'm your host Thank you for joining us. Today, we're so excited. We're going to be talking to Miss Nigeria USA. I know. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Yay. So, for those of you who might not know about our podcast, we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years, and, um, you know, we feature women, men, celebrities, authors, authors, entrepreneurs, anybody who's doing something great, we want to share their journey in hopes to aspire others. So we're going to be chatting with our host, Idera Inokun, about her journey to the crown. We're going to give her her fabulous MGN introduction. After I take one quick commercial break, we'll be back with our special guest, So stay
1: tuned. Hair Yum is the fastest growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transform your hair with one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it.
0: All right, we are back. I am your host. We're chatting with Ms. Nigeria USA. So she is bicultural with a Nigerian father and an American mother. Idara grew up in, in the East Coast and has degrees in psychology and nursing. She loves giving back and recently assisted families affected by Hurricane Harvey in Houston, Texas. Her platform is focused on health and wellness in African countries. Please, you can check out more about her on Facebook at Miss Nigeria USA. So without further ado, let's welcome her to our show.
1: Hi, Dara. Hi. Hi, welcome to this podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor.
0: Oh, thank you. Okay, so let's get in because 30 minutes fly by. So talk to me about your journey to the crown. Like, tell us your background and how you even got, you know, into the Miss Nigeria USA pageant. Well, I thought it be no.
1: pageant, Miss Unity pageant. And so I came from a background of, performance, theater, music, as well as spoken word, and so when I learned about the Miss Unity pageant my first day on campus as a freshman, I decided to compete, and since then I've just done pageants over the years, and it's just something I've really grown to love and appreciate. So I took a few years off, and then last year I discovered the Miss Nigeria USA organization. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of research and saw that it really focused on promoting and appreciating young Nigerian women here in America, uh, also by giving them like a platform to promote their cause. And so I signed up, I competed, and by the grace, I won.
0: Wow. And and there was a little cutoff at the beginning when you were talking, um, but you were saying that, you know, your background in psychology and nursing, how did that kind of help prepare you for winning the crown?
1: Well, my background in nursing pretty much is the focus of my platform or my community cause. My platform for the Miss, uh, Miss Nigeria USA pageant particularly was stroke prevention and awareness and just raising awareness regarding uh, heart disease and stroke in the African community. Wow. Now, do you think um, after, like, how, when, was the, when was the Miss USA and
0: where was it held, the Miss Nigeria The Miss Nigeria USA,
1: USA pageant. It was on August 12th at the shop right across the street from the Harlem Hospital.
0: August 12th? Yay, my birthday. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So it was held on August 12th, 2017. How many girls competed? Like, do you know how many total? This year,
1: I believe it was 15 of us who competed. Oh, Wow. Wow.
0: And talk to us about, because I know a lot of moms might be like, wow, I didn't even know this pageant existed. What are some of the categories? Like, talk to us about the pageant. Like, people, is it like the Miss USA where you compete, you sing, you do a talent? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So we're similar to some of the organization structure for like Miss USA, Miss America, but there are a couple extra components that are more culturally based. So we have the platform presentation. This year we did our platform presentation at the Viacom office in Manhattan, and we presented it before the judges uh, about a two-minute segment on our platform and how we would use uh, Miss Nigeria USA to promote that platform if we won. And after that, we had uh, we competed in swimsuit, evening gown, talent. So talent was uh, some a part of competition that the top ten competed in. We also competed in traditional traditional attire, traditional segment, and that was one of my favorite parts, where we were able to dress in attire that was uh, particularly of the culture that we were representing. So I represented my father's home state of Akwa Ibom, and so I wore a traditional PBO at Combi outfit and was able to present that dance during that segment. And then later on in the pageant, if you make it to the top three, you answer the on stage question. Wow. Wow. We are chatting live with Idera.
0: She's Miss Nigeria USA. Now can you recall what your question was?
1: Because obviously you made it to the top three. So for the question and answer part, it was actually twofold. So the first, the top six, were all asked questions um, individually, and based on that answer, they were able to tally the scores and then presented the top three. For the top three, we all were asked the same question, and during that segment, in order to keep the other person from hearing the question beforehand, they wore headphones that played music. So I actually was the first one asked. So I never had to wear headphones, but the top three question was pretty much uh, why should you be crowned Miss Nigeria USA? And I pretty much just said that all the girls worked hard, but that in particular I stand out because I have um, in my past and currently am a woman of vision, and I know how to see something and execute it accordingly. So that's just kind of how it went, and it was pretty nerve-wracking, but we got through it. And wow!
0: Congratulations! Let's give an applause for that. I mean, I love that. You got through it, you know. You got through it. Now, what's your message? We see so much, you know, whether it's posted on on social media, you know, um, you know, g- girls half naked, da da da. Like, what's your message to young girls? You know, um, just who maybe want to be a beauty queen or beauty contestant. What's kind of your message to them?
1: I think that pageants are a very interesting platform because they really focus on making uh, making young girls well-rounded women. You know, we focus on interview. We focus on beauty and presentation. We focus on public speaking, on talent, on community service. And so the reason why I love pageants is it's not just modeling. It's not just based on your looks. It's based on building um, – helping to cultivate, you know, a well-roundedness about the woman. And so I, my advice for young girls really is to be true to yourself and to find what you enjoy. Find um, areas that, you know, I guess find what you enjoy and try to be true to yourself the best way you can. So by saying that, I mean that for me, I know that I love singing. I love poetry. And when I went to compete for this pageant, I was thinking, well, it's an African pageant. Maybe I should dance. Maybe that's what they want to see. Maybe that will be, you know, more favored with the pageant. But then I said, what, what, how can I be true to myself in this? I love singing. I, you know, I love writing. I love performance. And so let me be true to myself and not try to do what I think someone else will like, and I think that is what has helped me in all my competitions, just honing on on what is true to Idara and not being so influenced by what other people are doing around me.
0: Wow, that's a powerful message. That's about.
1: And you know, Idara, once you told us you like singing, you know we're going to put you on the spot and tell you to sing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Not today. <laughs> <You> know, we... <laughs> We'll say that for another day. Okay,
0: so now, now that you won the pageant, you won Miss Nigeria USA, how has your life changed? Can you talk to us about some of the things you've done and how your
1: life has changed? So the focus of Miss Nigeria USA is really service, how to use the title, use the platform to engage the community in a more powerful and impactful way. And so for me, that's been my focus. I, am a, I work full-time in a cardiac ICU here in New York, as well as I'm in school to complete my master's of nursing to become a family nurse practitioner on top of family and social life. And so I knew that being Miss Nigeria USA would add to my schedule, but it's really has just been a beautiful experience thus far. I've been able to, um, to attend different conventions, in Atlanta, Rhode Island, to attend different women's conferences, to do different volunteer activities in my community, such as health fairs, and then my recent trip to Houston um, with a professional doctors network, where we were able to help clean the houses of, of families affected by Hurricane Harvey, help take them grocery shopping, and just really spend time with them and hear their stories and. So the opportunities that are coming are really just allowing me to kind of dig deeper into my community engagement, and that's where my heart beats. You know, my life is, my, my work in the hospital is about connecting with people and caring for um, those who, who have needs. And so just extending that outside of the hospital through Miss Nigeria USA has just been really, really uh, an amazing experience.
0: And I love that. Like you're you're a nurse, you know. You're educated. You're working on your master's. You have a busy schedule. How do you find time just for just for you, you know, to, you know, self care and just for for your sanity?
1: I think that I, if you ask any of my friends, this is how my life always is. I don't know how it's, how I've done it, but I'm always so involved in so many different things. And so I think for me, I've just kind of learn how to identify when I'm starting to burn out, I listen to my body when I'm overly exhausted, when I don't feel well, I listen to my body, I I eat well, I take care of myself in that regard. And I really have an excellent support system around me. So at any point when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I have so many individuals I can call, pray with, um, you know, get counsel or advice from, and it really helps to keep me balanced. I don't have a whole lot of time to myself, but the times that I do have alone, I really try to use to relax, watch something funny, read a book that helps to, you know, promote my personal growth, and then um, just spend time and spend time with family and friends.
0: That's great, family and friends. We're chatting live with Miss Nigeria USA, Idara Inoku. Now. Um, In terms of nursing, a lot of young girls um, always say, hey, you know, I don't know what I I want to become. Can you share, like, what it's like to be a nurse maybe, you know, um, and how you knew you wanted to be a nurse?
1: My nursing journey was actually a little uh, unconventional. I graduated in I graduated a semester early with my bachelor's of psychology and I worked at a children's hospital in Baltimore in a psychology unit like a psychiatric unit and that was a an eye-opening experience but in that process I was trying to figure out what type of professional school I wanted to pursue And I happened to discover uh, accelerated nursing program. so it's basically if you have your bachelor's in one field, you can get an accelerated bachelor's in nursing because you already have done all the prerequisites, you just have to now go through specific nursing classes and then do your clinical. And so when I discovered that, I went through that program, I graduated in 2014, and from there I was open up to a whole new world. So I have a lot of family members who are nurses, but I kind of just never really explored it. So for me, I really didn't get the exposure to nursing until I actually was already in the workforce. Um, I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that I wanted to be in healthcare, care. Um, but my schooling, my nursing clinical was kind of like my first, my first account with um, the health field in that regard. And for me, I wish that someone would have told me that I would be shocked about the amount of stress that nursing uh, presents because, you know, they focus on care for people. You know, it's busy, you have to do time management. But I don't think when I came out of school I was so prepared for the level of stress that is put on a nurse in a given shift. Um, So for me it was a little bit rough transition for that first month or two becoming a nurse. But, I will say that once I was acclimated to the schedule of being a nurse and just kind of the demands that are put on you while you're at work, I have to tell you that I love it. I really, really love being a nurse. I think it is a beautiful combination of using your intellect using your um, people skills, using your mothering, your therapist. It's like as a nurse, you wear every single hat, and although it can be tiring, it is extremely rewarding. I give it to anyone else who has a career that's not community, uh, customer service oriented, but I find that I get so much um, value from my work because I'm able to touch so many people on a daily basis.
0: I love it. I love your answer. I think that that gives a very real answer to people who might say, wow, I didn't know that. Now, your accelerated program, how long did it take you? Was it like a year program?
1: So so I went to the University of Delaware. Their accelerated program is 17 months. So 17 months continue, you know, winter, summer, you go straight through. Uh, It was intense, but, you know, it was very manageable because of the cohort of you know, students that you were with. It was a very small cohort. I think it was twenty of us. So we all got very close. We worked together. We studied together. And you know, you had that community support. So it was amazing. Wow, I love that. Seventeen months. And a lot of people, especially
0: Nigerians, they focus on the money. The money. <laughs> you know, you be, you get to be a nurse, and you make good money. But like you said, the stress of it you know, um, but now you're, you've acclimated. Now, I did mm-hmm. want to, we have about 13 minutes left. I did want to just talk about briefly, you worked as a psychiatric, um, in the Psychiatric Ward for Children. Can you share just a little bit about that experience? Because
1: that's something very unique. <laughs> so I worked at Kennedy Krieger Institute. It's located in Baltimore, Maryland, adjacent to Johns Hopkins, you know, um, Johns Hopkins Hospital. And so, when I worked in one of our advanced behavioral modification units, and so the children that would come to us were children who had uh, extreme behavioral disabilities and in terms of self-harm, they would hurt themselves or their loved ones. And so they, the, you know, desperately the families would bring them to our um, specialty unit and we would, they would be impatient. So they stayed in that unit. 24 hours a day for the duration of their treatment. I was a clinical assistant. So I was somewhere in between uh, a patient care tech and like a psych assistant. And so I would do different forms of research. I would do all of the patient care. And then a lot of times we focus on patient behavior. So just to give a really brief overview, if a child bites themselves, if a child hits other people, if a child headbutts, all those behaviors throughout the day my responsibility was to not only keep the child safe but to also make a note of the type of behaviors that the child exhibited when certain things happened. so it was very it was very very interesting um, it was not the it was a very interesting environment because people did hurt you know children um, it was a very intense atmosphere just to keep it simple but I learned a lot in that um, in that area and it really helped me to empathize with families who have children with special needs because there's just so many different things that you have to deal with that other parents may have no clue about. And so um, that experience really opened my eyes to not only the world of pediatrics but to the world of psych and um, has, has really been a building block for how I interact with my, my adults who have psychiatric conditions even now.
0: Wow! Wow! We could have a whole show on that. I mean, that <laughs> is some powerful. That is some powerful stuff because you know, and I just want to, you know, a lot of people, especially sometimes you you hear about kids biting and all that stuff, and you know, some and I don't want to just say Nigerians. Let me say some people say, oh, you just need to beat that kid and make you know, but mm-hmm. it's more than that, right? It's more than like that. these kids Absolutely. are really.
1: It's wow. a learned behavior, wow. and it's all about, you know, operant conditioning. <laughs> so. Wow. Now, are a lot of these kids, um, is it because of what they were exposed to, or is it they're born that way? So from, for our facility, a lot of our children had Down syndrome, autism, Asperger's, uh, cerebral palsy. And so their underlying disability, in a sense, could have predisposed them to uh, maladaptive behaviors in terms of how they learn and how they process. Their, their processes of learning were in some way uh, inhibited or altered because of their underlying special needs condition. And so it's just kind of like a child, you know, when a child wants a cookie in this grocery store, you see them have a tantrum, it's the same exact thing. The child is having a tantrum because they want the cookie. So for children with special needs who have these underlying behavioral issues, it's learned the same way. It's just that it takes a little bit more for them to have their behavior corrected versus uh, the typical child. And so it's not it's not necessarily kind of their atmosphere because every child kind of goes through the same phases. It's just their ability to quote-unquote grow
0: out of it or be corrected so wow like i said we could have a show on that i mean every mom you know and nowadays you know somebody with special needs and i love the fact that you say you empathize um with all the millions of people that have special needs asperger's autism you know that is very very powerful Um, wow now how I'm so curious about this like I said I could talk and for those who know me and my nanny agency you know this is right up my alley (laughs) but (laughs) how many um how last question on this before how did you because I
1: expect you to restrain the kids like how did you manage to do that so we had special abm training um and from our (laughs) from my interview The the day I interviewed, my interviewer showed me how to do certain techniques, and then literally she exhibited those behaviors, and I was expected in my interview to properly uh, (laughs) handle the situation based on what she taught me. So it's from the beginning. They teach you and they train you. Like I never put my hands on a child. It was more so if a child – so, for example, I had a child who I really, really adored, and I just always ended up taking care of him, and he pulled my hair, and so he latched his fingers deep into the roots of my hair. Now, as a, in terms of not reinforcing that behavior, I could not react. So you are literally taught to be stoic, to not say anything, to not react, and simply I had to just kind of go into uh, the ABM mode, and I just slowly, one finger at a time, peeled his fingers out of the the grip and removed myself from his space while keeping his arms safe or, you know, keeping within an arm's reach. So it's just really, honestly, it's a very, um, it's an area of training. They train you for it. We do a lot of scenarios to be prepared for it. So it's not that we're gripping our children up, not at all. You know, we have special (laughs) mats, special techniques that we use in order to keep us safe but also to keep the children safe all the while not reinforcing negative behavior. Wow, I love it. And ABM, did you say ABM? Yes. What, what does that stand for? Advanced Behavioral Modification. To be honest, it's been so many years since I've worked um, at that facility, but I believe that's the acronym you use for the type of behavior modification that we um, use in the facility.
0: Wow, wow. That mm-hmm. is interesting. See, Miss Nigeria USA, a woman with many talents. Now, <laughs> there are, what? Can you share with us, you know, we have about six more minutes. Can you share
1: with us what does the future, like what do you hope to do in the future? It's funny. I think every day I ask myself that same question. <laughs> My head is spinning. <laughs> I have so many ideas, you know, because for me the reason why I wanted to keep TMS Nigeria USA was really to have a platform that will allow me to do more. I think because of what I do in the hospital, I'm exposed to so much and And I see on a daily basis just so many needs. And then with my experience being, you know, traveling to Nigeria, spending time with family, doing medical missions in Nigeria, doing volunteer service in the past in Nigeria, I just, it's always a need somewhere. And the way I'm wired, I'm very solution-driven, and I'm always thinking of how can I use my life, how can I use my talents, you know, my gifting to benefit the life of someone else. And because that's my everyday work, now having the, you know, the title of Miss Nigeria USA, my mind is constantly thinking, okay, what can I do outside of the hospital that contributes to society? And so for me this year, like, one of my goals is to fundraise and be able to provide 10 scholarships to students at the University of Uyo in Ibom State, Nigeria, and to be able to pay for one year tuition for each of those students. You know, to pay for the uh, NCLEX exam for a few nursing students here in the United States, to do health screenings, to do healthcare workshops, I'm going to be participating in a health uh, medical mission trip um, in collaboration with CareBridge Foundation in Acquire State in December. I'm going to be doing just so many different things. Like My heart is just to use this title, busy or not busy, just to put my all and to really be able to look back and say, I really gave my all during my year and I was able to impact people's lives and use this platform to be able to continue those efforts moving forward. So for me, what's next is really in community engagement, impacting people positively, and really just making a stamp on community to, see, to show that Nigerian-American women, we're here to serve, we're here to engage, you know, Africans here in America as well as in Nigeria, and that our hearts are truly bi
0: I love it. Congratulations. That is amazing. Thank you so uh, much. Now, how can people get a hold of you? How can people get a hold of you, whether it's social media or your personal, you know, um, Instagram? How can people get a hold of you
1: So to we have you? So we have a Facebook. Right now we're reconstructing our website. So the best way to kind of reach out to us is through our Facebook or through our Instagram. So you can go to Facebook, just type in the search bar, Miss Nigeria USA. Our organization will pop up for Instagram. It's the same at Miss Nigeria USA, and then for my personal Instagram and my blog, uh, it is the Kinetic Woman, K I N E T I C Woman, and that you can find me on Instagram or um, put it into your Google search, and you will find my personal blog. I
0: love it. Now we have three more minutes, and I always like to ask this question. Um, to our guests, what inspires you? Like, what inspires
1: you? I think that is a big part of kind of people's motivation, but I'm surrounded by so many dynamic women that really motivate me and push me. So, for example, my godmother, Onyechi Ude, she is a Ph.D. candidate for her nursing, uh, nursing doctorate. She's a mother of three. She's involved in ministry. She's a nurse practitioner. She, you know, she's just a dynamic individual, my stepmother. She is a nurse. She has my, you know, my three younger brothers. She takes care of my household. She's pursuing her master's. My mom, she, you know, she works in pharmaceuticals. She's doing so many things, and it's just like no matter where I look, every angle I turn around, my best friends. Um, my best friend Timmy, she is, you know, a beauty, a blogger. She is has her own beauty company in terms of um, freelancing for, you know, writing for companies. I just, I'm just surrounded by so many inspiring women, and everywhere I look, they push me. So it's like if I have a day where I feel just so exhausted, I feel like I you know, I can't do anything else, I just think about my mom. I think about my stepmom. I think about my best friend. I think about all my other friends who are starting their businesses and who are pushing for success, and that is what motivates me. That's what inspires me. It's my network. And so I just highlight it to say that who you surround yourself with really makes a difference.
0: Wow, very, very powerful. Well, our show is coming to an end. Again, thank you so much. We have chatted and talked and learned so much about Miss Nigeria USA, Idera Inokun, and we want to wish you all the best and much success. Thank you so much to you. Thank you so to much. You. Thank Give you so much a round of All right. Thank you so much, and everyone. Join us next week for another exciting podcast, and make sure you follow MGM Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great day. Bye.